Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday live from National Harbor at BetMGM. Uh, It's awesome. Come on out. Hang out with us. Shows live today. And, of course, Mobile Sports Betting launches on Wednesday in the state of Maryland. So a lot going on. And there's a lot to bet this weekend when it comes to college football gigantic games. Obviously, the future market. And joining us right now to break it all down is our guy, Michael Felder, on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guest on the Phoenix Day Revolutionary Technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Michael, welcome uh, back to the show. And um, let's start with USC. I I think we got to start there after what we saw on Saturday night. Caleb Williams, not only is USC kind of on the precipice now, Michael, of maybe making the, the playoff, but Caleb Williams, I mean, we're talking about a guy that looks like he's putting himself right there to maybe win the Heisman this year. How impressed were you with what USC did Saturday against UCLA? I was really impressed. I I love what they were able to put together. This is a team that, you know, obviously they've had issues on the defensive side of the ball, but they were able to get enough stops to get the win. I I think that Williams was great. The play calling was maybe even better where they put USC and, or excuse me, USC put UCLA in some compromising positions. Uh, My favorite play of the entire weekend was, them going tempo and on second and two they moved jordan addison into the backfield pushed the running back wide side and then all of a sudden you've got a linebacker trying to cover jordan addison and guess what that's not good you shouldn't have that be happening linebackers shouldn't be covering jordan addison so i think that they are they're inventive they are dangerous and especially now with hendon hooker going down i think that they are um, they're them and TCU are belling up to being the most the, the most dangerous offenses in the country. Yeah, and a game that I think is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to Baylor at Texas. We saw Baylor push back against TCU, ultimately losing by one point. On the Texas side, you've got Bijan Robinson. He goes off for like almost 250 yards after being stuffed by TCU. Um, what are you expecting in this one? Baylor eight and a half point dogs. I got nothing. I can't hear anything. Oh. So, can't hear um, anything? With, Baylor, with respect to Baylor, when I look at them play, I, this is a team that I don't know who they are. They feel almost like up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And so we'll, we'll see what we get out of them. I think the big key for me uh, with Baylor is going to be stopping Texas and specifically stopping Bijan Robinson. I, I think if you can stop Bijan Robinson, then you have an opportunity. But the reality of it is, if you can't stop him, you don't have a chance against Texas. And that's going to be the most interesting element to this football game. I think Baylor up front is still like we're listen. It's a lot. It's the last game of the regular season. You shouldn't be figuring out who you are at this point. You should know who you are. So I think that Texas is still going to. Texas is still learning about Quinn Ewers. So this is a this is a weird game. I would stay away from it. But if you're gonna, if I was going to lay some money, I'd lay the money on Baylor. Even though they're going into Texas, I'd lay it on bail because I think that their their front is gonna is gonna come out to, with 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 the mission of stopping Bijan. Michael, we we know who Michigan is. We know who Ohio State is. We know the stakes of this game. Uh, it's Ohio State minus seven and a half on Saturday. 57 on the total. I thought both teams kind of had a look-ahead moment this past weekend. I mean, they both – Ohio State never thought would lose. It was close at halftime. I mean, Michigan really could have lost that game to Illinois. Yes. 
I like Ohio State this week, but that hook is interesting. Is it you know? Is it the way they win by more than a touchdown? And it feels like a high total to me. What what, what kind of game are you expecting? Style, low scoring, higher scoring with Michigan Ohio State. So we know what Michigan is. We know they're a team that wants to run the football. We also still need to figure out what's going on with Blake Corum. That's that's a huge yep. thing that we've got to figure out. And how much he can go. I talked to George Whitfield last night, and he said he thinks that Corm's going to give it a go. But giving it a go isn't the same as being able to go. Those are two completely different things. So I'm curious to see what that looks like. And then the other part of it is I think we've seen a lot of slow starts from Ohio State. I think that this is a game where they decide we're not, this is, we're not going to mess around. We're not going to try to force feed the ball to our running backs. We're not going to try to force this. We're going to spread you out. We're going to get you wide open. We're going to pull your pants down, and we're going to win. <laughs> and I think that's going to be the key for me. I think that we're going to see Ohio State start a lot faster than we've seen them start over the course of, what, the last month and a half? The last month and a half, they've worked so hard to force the issue running the football and, and even getting C.J. Stroud involved. I think we're going, to see, we're going to see them operate at max effort. They got embarrassed a season ago. They don't want to get embarrassed again. And so I think what we're going to see is this team really come out and push the issue. And part of forcing that issue is them, hey, best player. On the, you know what? Let me ask you guys this. Joe Aaron, let me ask you. C.J. Stroud for Heisman. We keep talking about it. We keep talking about it. We keep talking about it. Is Marvin Harrison Jr. not the best player on that team? He is. Yeah. I mean, he, he, of all the players on that team, if you lined him up and said to you know, NFL scouts, who's the guy you want for the next 10 years? It's Marvin Harrison. Right? I mean, we'll see how good Stroud is in the NFL. But – Harrison is unbelievable. It's, it's, isn't it crazy, Michael, how young he still is in his football life, in his football career? Yep. He's not even eligible for the draft. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. He's not, he's not, not going to be on the board. <laughs> right. Nuts. Every, every single wide receiver that comes out this year is like, well, I'm going to go at least one spot higher because this guy has to stay in school for another year. So, yeah, I just – when it comes to the Heisman, I look at that and – We'll see how people take it because that'll be real proof that it's a quarterback award if the quarterback is the second, third best player on his actual third. I'd probably say CJ Strauss is the third best player behind JJ, who's also been killing it at the defensive end spot. He's been the third most impactful player, and it's and then you throw in. By the way, this Hayden kid is gonna is amazing. I think him getting the football has been remarkable. So Ohio State's got a lot of weapons, and. Stroud is one of them. I don't think he's the best one, so it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, navigates itself when, when we get to the Heisman. Absolutely. I mean, another guy who we've been talking about when it comes to the Heisman is Caleb Williams. And Lincoln Riley's really turned this team around quickly. I thought it might have taken a little bit longer. Now USC hosts Notre Dame this week. Five and a half is the number. Which side do you like in this matchup? Oh, USC. Oh, for sure, for sure. Listen, this is one... I think USC wins this game by two touchdowns. Uh, this is a game where the, the key for me is explosion and the ability to be explosive. And this is something that I've got into with Michigan fans. They, they keep, every time a Michigan fan talks to me about time of possession, I keep going, you do realize that you just had the ball a long time and you didn't do anything. <laughs> so in Notre Dame, they, I don't say they check that same box exactly, but I do think that they're closer to Michigan than they are to whether it's Ohio State or it is to TCU or obviously in this instance USC. I think USC is going to have the ball less time than Notre Dame, but they're going to find ways to score. 
They've got, again, we mentioned that inventive play calling. They have Jordan Addison, who's a remarkable wide receiver. Obviously, he's already got he's already got hardware on the shelf. And, like, he's already won the Volitnikov. Like, this guy, what more does he have to prove that he's one of the top college, top receivers in college football? So, and then you throw in Caleb Williams, again, a guy who we think, we, we, we assume has punched his ticket to New York City. Um, I just, I, I don't. I don't think Drew Pine is the wave against this USC team, even though I don't love USC's defense. I just don't think that Notre Dame, a team that does want to do, you know, eight to 12 play drives against the USC team, that's like, why can't we score in two? Yeah, it feels like a bad matchup. Uh, it, the, the styles don't fit for Notre Dame yeah. to go win that football game. Michael, we got the uh, report yesterday, and then it was denied, but hey, we know how this stuff works. Lane Kiffin to Auburn. What's your reaction? I just I, – I, all I need is it for one year. I just want to see Saban, Kiffin against each other in the Iron Bowl next year. That's all I want. I mean, I, I think that would be fantastic. I think it would be great drama, high drama, if you will. Like, this is, this is the stuff that Oscars are made of, right? Like, this is <laughs> – this is the high drama. This is what you're looking for. Um, but I just – Lane's been in the SEC now for – he was at Alabama – he was at Tennessee. He was at Alabama. He was – as a coordinator. And then obviously now he's at Ole Miss. You got to – I just got to think he's angling right here. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I think he's angling because what he has at Ole Miss is a fan base that feels lucky to have him. He's got a fan base that loves the fact that they're winning. You know, listen, they win nine games this year. They still feel great. And he's outside of the state where you're looking up. And what did they do again? What did Alabama do? Oh, they won 10. Oh, they won 11. Oh, they're going to the playoff. Oh, they've won another national championship. And their crossover rival is the other team. It's Georgia. If you can avoid that and still make your money, and still compete, why would you step into that when we know that Auburn, like many other schools, I'm not going to, listen, I don't, listen, so leave me alone, Auburn fans. Auburn, like many other schools, is a place that they do have a high standard, and if you don't reach that standard, whether it's at Nebraska, we just saw Wisconsin fire their coach, we saw, obviously, Auburn fire their coach, we're seeing this all happen. Auburn does not offer you grace. You either get it done or you get out and they will pay you millions of dollars to get out. And so I just, I think he's happy. I, I think he just be happy at Ole Miss. They're a team that's like, hey man, there's a, there are seasons that we didn't even win six games. Nine is good. Yeah. Um, turning our attention to the Pac-12. I grew up in the Seattle area. We've got the Apple Cup this weekend. Uh -oh. The Huskies in Pullman. Um, and, you know, the Cougars are just two-point underdogs. Michael, who do you like in this matchup? Yeah, it, just two points feels wild. Um, I, I, I really – I do like um, – when we talk Washington, Washington State, I, I like Michael Penix so much. He is – I don't know. He's a testament to what can happen when you transfer, right? When you get a fresh start. He dealt with so many injury issues in, at Indiana. And then all of a sudden, he's healthy for an entire season. And you get to see him put up numbers and throw the ball around. And uh, this is a team for me that I just – I really love watching them play. Like, they are the, – the Huskies are – like, listen, that's my dog. Like, I love these teams. <laughs> like, they are so – they're so fun to watch. They do a lot of inventive stuff. Like, this is a team that – We've seen run quads, but quads with a bunch in the middle and then one guy outside wide. And I'm like, 
this isn't a formation that I would have ever thought of in football. So this coaching staff, uh, the players on this roster, they're figuring it all out. And this is a team that, I'll tell you what, I don't think anybody's going to sign up to play them. (laughs) Well, that is is for sure. So big picture, and then we want to ask you about the stock you were making before Thanksgiving, because now I'm ready for Thanksgiving dinner after seeing your bulletin. We're looking at the futures market. Georgia minus 145 at BetMGM, Ohio State plus 250, Michigan 10 to 1, TCU 14 to 1. We talked to USC. Clemson's in there too. Michael, if you had to forecast it right now, your guess, who are the four playoff teams? Oh, the four playoff teams. I think Georgia takes care of business against LSU. I think Ohio State takes care of business against Michigan. And then whoever they play from the other side, they're going to win. So we got those two. That's a one and a two. Now we get to three and four. And that's the part that's interesting. I think TCU does take care of business. They know what's on the racket. They know what they have to do. TCU fans are terrified of being jumped. They're terrified. of TCU fans might be the biggest Georgia fans next week. Because right? they know that to get LSU out, lose that bingo. They need LSU to be gone. So, but I'm going to throw TCU in there, and then in that fourth slot, I I think USC is probably going to end up there. But USC versus Clemson becomes an interesting conversation if they both take care of business. It becomes a very interesting conversation because Clemson's been there. They're like, what is that? The old Bud Light commercial, been there, done that, right? And. USC is like, hey, we could get like this entire part of the country involved if this team is in. So that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like, how they win. Also, by the way, UNC losing to Georgia Tech, crazy. We just, last week we talked about Drake May as a possible Heisman guy. And then what if UNC (laughs) goes in and beats Clemson? This is insane. We got, this is, it's, the good thing is, it's, we've we've kind of uh, winnowed it down to, to a handful of teams where, Two weeks ago, we were looking at, you know, what do we have, seven undefeated teams yeah. two weeks ago? Yeah, it's a little and more clarity. Kind of, a lot more clarity now. So the big thing for me, I think TCU wins out. I think Ohio State wins out. I think Georgia wins out. Those three teams went out. Now we're looking at Clemson versus USC, and that's going to be the battle. All right, tell us about the turkey stock. Right, was turkey stock you made this this past weekend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, listen, I make my own stock. I'm a stock boy. Listen, <laughs> I, I love it. I'm in there. I am. Um, I cook turkey more than just on Thanksgiving, so I had a turkey carcass in the in the freezer. You take that bad boy out, you caramelize your your onions and your peppers, you get your garlic going, you throw in your allspice, you throw wow. in a little bit of star anise, get those guys in there, you throw your bay leaf in there, you get your rosemary, you get all your herbs in there, you get everything going, it starts to smell good, you drop that turkey in there. Then I like to pour in like a dark beer. Throw in a dark beer, a little dark beer in there. I like to throw a little whiskey in there. Then the rest, I go with a little bit of water. You get your water, you get it all cooked, bring it up to a bowl. Then you bring it down to a simmer, and then you let that thing reduce all day. You let that bad boy go down. I think mine went down, what, one and a half inches, two inches. We let it reduce, cook down, and we've got almost three quarts of stock. We're going to use that in our stuffing, or dressing stuff. I don't put it in the turkey. I put it in a pan. We put it in the oven. And I got cornbread already out, ready to rock and roll. So we got that for the stuffing. We got the we got giblet gravy coming down. And you know you got to use that stock for that giblet gravy. So we're ready to rock and roll. And my dad and I are going to fry a couple birds up on the patio while we drink some beers. 
Listen, it, it sounds awesome. I'm hungry. I, I, I can't believe we have to wait two days I for dinner now. I need to go to the Felder household. Do you do all the cooking or is your wife involved? Is it just you and your dad? I do. Uh, I do everything. Everything <laughs> is me. I, I Listen, this might, we, we hop off this call right here. I am going to start working on peeling potatoes, get ready to rock and roll. Like, I'm, I'm in. This is me. And I got to get, I, I cook, I got a couple friends coming over to pick up some birds tomorrow. So I got to get those birds injected. I do a bourbon, uh, a Cajun bourbon butter injection. Wow. Fried this birds. Is, listen, this is awesome. Boys in. So Enjoy it. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch up soon. It's Felder's the Bulletin. Go check out all Michael's work on college football and cooking. We'll have him soon again on the BetQL Network. NFL Player, Fe player Futures next. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily. That